good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. It is a holiday weekend, whether you ex actually recognize it or not. Tomorrow is President's Day. And for those of us who run close on our bank account, that means the bank will be closed one more day. Can I get an amen in the house? <laughs> we have one more day to make up enough that we've already spent. We get it in there. You know what I'm saying? That's the way it is. Again, let me welcome you, and let me welcome those who are joining us online. Again, lots of people traveling. Lots of people take advantage of when there's an extra day on the weekend. Uh, I kind of knew that. I knew lots of people were going to be gone this weekend, but gosh, I mean, I'm so happy to see you and see those that are joining us online. A couple of announcements that you need to know about. They're in the worship guide, which is that little card that our guest service team will give you when you come in. I know most of you kind of circumvent that and kind of skate around that because you think you're too cool for school, but you don't want to fill it out. You don't read the announcements. Let me just tell you, that's where we put the stuff that you need to know. One of those things that you need to know is next Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, 4.30 to 6, we're doing something we call, we branded it, it's called SMASH, S-M-A-S-H. It doesn't really mean anything other than it has lots of connotations, but what we want to do is we want to bring people together. Lots of people come at 8.30, lots of people come at 10 o'clock, you don't know them, they don't know you, so we thought, you know, why don't we do something since football season is now over with, uh, and we can get together, basketball season, which is my favorite season, is here. Uh, and again, we want to get you together with other people. So we thought, you know, why don't we do something next weekend? And we're going to do something from 4.30 to 6. It's really kind of a soup and sandwich because it's kind of soup weather. And we're asking those people who have the last name A through L to bring soup. If you are an M through Z person, bring sandwiches or something that resembles, you know, kind of in the sandwich category. doesn't have to be a sandwich, but something that you kind of think lends itself to a sandwich, sliders, that kind of thing. Again, M through Z, bring sandwiches. The dessert makers, I know we have some dessert makers because we had two bake sales. I know we have that. So the dessert makers can, in addition to what they're already doing, they can bring a dessert. We will provide all of the utensils, the drinks, the napkins, the plates, the bowls, all that kind of stuff, and we're just going to have a good time. It's a way to build community, and you're going to hear me talk a lot about that in the next several weeks because our foot is kind of on the accelerator. We want to get you guys connected because, again, it's one of the things, it's one of the ways COVID has infiltrated the church. I know we're past COVID. You think we're past COVID? I mean, I know we had some people that had COVID this week. I know we had some people that had it last week. Uh, again, wash your hands. You know, don't be kissing on people you don't know. Uh, but again, we talked about love last week, but again, it's a community kind of love. So again, we want you to get here and get to know people because COVID has kind of sucked that out of the church. You know, last night, can I just say, yesterday afternoon, uh, I went to see uh, Tina, the musical. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And you know what I thought about? It was packed. I mean, wall-to-wall -wall people. The same people that were sitting there tell me in public, I can't come to church. I'm afraid I'm going to catch something. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, you're going to catch Jesus is what you're going to catch. <laughs> so, so anyway, you need to get here. I, I, I mean, I, re I realize Tina has some beautiful legs, you know what I'm saying? But Jesus has got so much more, you know what I'm saying? So get yourself into church. And the music yesterday was amazing. But again, next week, again, smash 430 to 6. Be here. Get to know other people. Also... Uh, we've got a new young adult group starting, late 30s, early 40s. Uh, if we have received your information, uh, if you gave us your name and your contact information and you have not been contacted by the leaders of that group, we want to make sure that you are. 
So they're going to be out in the lobby just uh, towards the left if you're exiting in front of the information kiosk after the service. Uh, again, they would like to meet with you. We'll put some stuff on uh, social media this week that will allow you to connect with them if we have missed you. We want to make sure everybody gets connected. These are the people in the young adult group, late 30s, early 40s. If you're a couple married, these people want to connect with you. They don't want to miss you, and they don't want you to fall through the cracks. So meet them in the lobby, or again, you can write it on the tear-off, and I'll make sure that they get the information. Well, last Sunday was something we called Love Sunday. And again, we just wanted to do something that was kind of special, kind of fun, because again, COVID is one of those things that has just kind of kept us at a bare minimum, and we're not going to live there anymore. So we did something last week called Love Sunday, and we had a little fun with it, and it was a random way to connect you guys with what we're talking about here and what we're doing and, and what's coming up, because we knew Valentine's was coming this past Wednesday, so we created for you in the lobby a picture-taking opportunity uh, we gave you a little parting gift, which is something that was good and consumable, and we wanted you to take that with you. But if you remember last week, we also did a message on love. I did a message on love. And again, it wasn't like a Valentine's Day kind of love. It wasn't a soupy kind of love. It was really a love that's built out of connecting with other people, a love that's built out of community. And I told you last week that I really, when I, when I gave you, and again, we're not going to put it up there just now, when I gave you those five things, I said, these five things are just so important. I may just make this into a series. We talked about love, but I said, you know what, we may just make this into a series. So today, uh, I thought about it this week, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do exactly what I thought I was going to do, and I want to turn this into a series. Because again, when I think about the beginning of, year, of the year, I mean, we're in February, still early in the year. When I think about the, the start of a year, it, it makes me think about lots of things. And again, when I think about the, the first of a year, uh, the beginning of a year, lots of people think about resolutions. I, I just despise resolutions. Uh, it's never been something that works for me. Can I just say I probably will do it next year. I, I try not to do it, but I don't like to speak on resolutions. Lots of pastors do. I don't do that because I don't do resolutions well. But one of the things I do well is I love to enter the new year and, and, I, and I like to set a goal. Setting goals is something that works for me. And the reason why I like to set goals is because I believe that one of the greatest enemies that I face and one of the greatest enemies that you face is just deferring as we enter into a new year to live what I call a common life. And again, that may sound a little weird to you, a common life, but let me, let me give you kind of some context. When I talk about a common life, it's important to talk about it and to think about it because living a common life is the very thing that robs us, me, of our opportunity to use our time and our talent for a greater purpose. I mean, think about it. You, you, you enter a new year, and, and you have 365 days in front of you. We've, we're already into the year, but you have 365 days. So here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to think of your day in terms, in light of, this jar. This is a day in your life. You get 365 of these every year. 
I read somewhere that if you live to be 70 years old, you're going to get about 25,000 days. That really means that you're going to get about 25,000 of these jars because that, that's what we're looking at. This is a day in your life. Now think about this. This jar is filled with rice. And, and, and I want the rice that's in this jar to, to basically represent all of the things that you have to do in the course of a day. You have to work, whether you get paid for it or not. You have to work. We have to work, whether we get paid for it or not. You have about 40, 48 hours that you have to manage. You have to go to work. You have to go to meetings. You have to go and handle the chaos. All of that stuff. So, so what that means is, you know, slowly but surely, your day starts getting filled up with stuff really, really quick. Because, I mean, when you go to work, there are lots of things that you have to do. So just think about it. Your day starts filling up. I mean, there are lots of things that you, that you have to do. It doesn't stop at work. But there's a guy by the name of John Maxwell who said something. And I want to show you this quote. It's really important. Look at, look at the screen behind me. Here's what it says. Outside of your genetic predisposition, the number one determination or determinant of how long you will live is how well you like your work. Now leave that up there a minute, Jay. Outside of your genetic predisposition, the number one determinant of your longevity, how long you will live, is how well you like your work. Your, how well you like your work. Now, some of you are ready to die right now, right? I mean, think about it. Because you don't like your work. Think about that statement. You have to go to work. You have to sleep. You have to shower. You have to shave. You have to brush your teeth. You have to exercise. You have to take care of household stuff. So it just tells me that there's more things that you have to do. I mean, again, you are filling slowly but surely, you're filling your day up with stuff. Some of you this afternoon, you're going to have to go to the grocery to buy food for meals. Then you have to get home and you have to fix those meals. You have to clean up after the meals. You have to pay the bills. You have to balance your checkbook. You have to clean the house. You have to mow the grass. Can I just tell you, I have heard so many of you this morning already saying, oh, I just can't wait for it's 80 degrees. I just can't wait for it to be 80 degrees. Can I just tell you this? You're going to have to mow the yard before long. It's coming. It's coming at breakneck speed. Can I also tell you this? In less than a month, the sun is going to set at 7 p.m. I mean, that makes everybody happy. you got social obligations. That you have to maintain. You will spend two years, about two years of your life, on the phone with people who are not near to you, people who are away. If you're single, you have to go on dates. I mean, think of it, you have to go on a date. You have to get ready for those dates. Sometimes it takes longer for some of you to get ready to go on the date than it does to actually go on the date. Honestly, sometimes it's more fun getting ready than it is to go on the date, right? Am I right? 
if you have children. There you go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you have all those things that you have to do with your children. I mean, your day just starts to fill up. But how about time in your car? If you are the average person with an automobile, you will spend six months of your life sitting at stoplights. 75 minutes of your day will be spent in your car commuting. Then there's downtime. Netflix, television, going to a movie, reading a book. Their hobbies, their vacations. So what it's easy to see is how you can fill up your day with stuff. That's a common life. The common life fills up with stuff really, really quickly. I mean, just look. We only went through some things and what we were just talking about, the things that you have to do. But if you look at the jar, we basically filled up the jar with just some of the basic stuff that all of us in this room, even those watching online, it's just some of the basic stuff that we have to do. But here's the interesting thing. In addition to the things that make up the, the common life, there are things that really matter. And when I think about the things in life that really matter, those are the things that when I get to the end of my life and I look back at my life, I really want my life to have been about those things. See, we looked at these words last week, these words of Jesus, that are found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Here, here's what Jesus himself said. Look at what he said. He said this, But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Now look at, look at the verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all else that you want in your life will be added to you. And I told you last week that, that when I look at the words of Jesus, and I think about the things for me and for us as a church and the things that matter most in life, I actually took five things from the words of Jesus that are found in Matthew chapter 6. And, and maybe there's a better way to put what I said last week. But I don't do resolutions. But again, there are goals that I have for 2024. And those goals are things that I believe will move me past living what I call a common life. There are five things that we looked at last week. And we only talked about one of those five things. But again, that's kind of the catalyst where we're going to be going today and the next several weeks. But here are those five things for those that weren't here last week. They're transformation, love, calling, joy, and generosity. Look at those things. Five things. The first one of those things is transformation. Because you know what I want to experience in my life, and I hope you do in your life, I want to experience some transformation. I want transformation to be a part of my daily life. It's just that important to me. 
As I walk through 2024, I hope this is your goal. I don't want to just skim past God. I just don't want to go over God. I want to spend time with God. There are some things that in my life, I really want my life to be about those things. And when I talk about transformation, what I'm saying is this. I want to be deliberate. I want to be intentional when it comes to spending time with God. Because to me, transformation is something that really matters. I want that to be a part of my daily life. Last week, we talked about love. The L on this tennis ball stands for love. And again, when we talk about love, we're not talking about a Valentine's Day kind of love. The, the L that stands for love really means it's all about people. Because when you get to the end of your life, that's what matters most. It's not your bank account, it's not your car, it's not your house. What matters most when you get to the end of your life is people. The people that you love and the people that loved you. And see, God has blessed me with some incredible people in my life, and I'm sure he's done the same with you. And you heard me say last week that, that, that my desire when I talked about love was to go deep with the people that God has placed in my life. I want memories with those people. I want moments with those people. Again, that's the reason why I'm going to have my foot and the foot of this church on the accelerator of building community in the coming months here at Crossroads because it's one of the things that really has suffered because of the pandemic. We need to build community. We need to know each other. We don't need to show up and sit in a row, but we need to circle up and we need to do life with each other. Think about the Bible. Think about it in the context of the Scripture. One of the things that draws me to Jesus is that Jesus is always with people. He's always with people. He's never distracted. He's never preoccupied when he's around people. I'm going to tell you this. If there was an iPhone in the culture of Jesus, you know what I believe Jesus would have done with the iPhone? He would have thrown it in the Sea of Galilee because he didn't want to be preoccupied. He didn't want to be distracted. He was always present with people. And he was present with people because Jesus loves people. I mean, think about it. People who were religious leaders, people who were government officials, tax collectors, sinners. Jesus was a people magnet. Jesus loved people because he's always with people. And it just makes me think, I want my life to be more than an iPhone. I want my life to be more than a MacBook Pro. I want my life to be more than a closed door. I want my life to be more than a list of things that I have to do. And I know that if my life is going to be about love, I have to be intentional when it comes to carving out time for people. 
Because let me tell you, if I don't carve out time for people, I'm going to default to me mode. So what I am intentional about doing in 2024 is noticing people who are far from God. I want to have a space in my heart for people who are poor. People of a different color. People of a different culture. I also want to make time for this. That's a letter C. It stands for calling. And the reason why C is important, why calling is important, is because I have a calling. And you know what? Not only do I have a calling, you have a calling. And let, let me give you something that I think you need to think about this morning. This is my one and only chance at life. You only get one shot at this. Did you hear me? You only get one shot at life. God has given me and God has given you a body and experiences and education. Can I also tell you what he's given you? He's given you wounds and scars and spiritual gifts. I don't skip past that. I acknowledge that God allows some things to happen to us that we'd rather not happen to us. But those are the things that God has given us. And, and again, the thing that's important to me this morning for you to understand is that one day, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible tells me and you that, that you're going to stand before God. And you have the opportunity to hear the God of the universe say to you, well done. You did good. But he also might not say, well done. That's what makes it interesting. And it kind of makes me want us all here and those joining us online to stop and to think about that moment. What's, what's going to be said to you? Because, see, I, I, I have a calling, and you have a calling, and I don't want to spend my life sitting up in the bleachers. But instead, I want to be faithful to God's call on my life. So, so I want to develop the gifts that God has given me. So that means I'm going to be intentional about making the pursuit of my calling a part of my everyday life. And then, and then there's this, this tennis ball right here. It's got the letter J on it, and that stands for joy. Joy to the world, all the boys and girls. It's really interesting. Toward the end of his ministry, Jesus was teaching his disciples, and this is what he said in John 15, verse 11. He says this, These things I have taught you, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So, so think about joy. What would it be like to live a day filled with complete joy? I mean, what would it be like to, feel, to live a day filled with complete joy? See, I don't want you to miss joy. I don't want you to miss joy, and I want this to be a place of deep joy. 
But then in our personal life, I want us to celebrate everything with joy. Think about it. Meals, friendships, answered prayers, spiritual gifts. In every stage of life, I want to experience joy. So I'm going to try to be intentional to make joy a part of my everyday life. This represents my life, and I've already thrown in the, the tennis ball that symbolizes what we're talking about for joy because I want joy to be part of my life. I want to experience it. Then there's one last tennis ball. It has the letter G on it. G stands for generosity. Look at something John Ortberg said. I want you to see this quote. Here's what he said. He said, between more, now look at the words, between more and enough, there is a chasm that will never be bridged. Between more and enough, there is this void that will never be filled. You know what that means? That means that as I step into 2024, if I want my life to be more than just a common life, then I'm going to have to learn to live by the word enough. Enough. I have enough. I mean, think about it like this. There, there is a richness in having. Having more stuff. More money, more cars, more security. There's something, there's a richness that, is, that we possess when it comes to having more stuff. But then there's this other richness. And the other richness is the richness of being. To be rich in love and peace and happiness and friendship. See, here's the thing. I want you to understand this. We all want the richness of being. We all want that. But there's an illusion. We think we will get to the richness of being via the richness of having. We think that having is the thing that will get us to the richness of being. But that's an illusion. It's an illusion because that's the nature of stuff. Stuff never will make you happy. Can, can, can I give you an illustration? I drive a Yukon. I always love a big car because I like to haul people around who are my friends, who I want to develop those deep relationships with. It's two years old. Well, it's actually three now by the model years. You know what I thought this past week? I need to trade that in and get another one. Why? Because I think getting a new one will make me happy. It won't make me happy. That's the illusion of stuff. 
as long as your life is always about getting instead of giving, then Crossroads, listen to me, you are never going to live more than what I call a common life. Let me say it again. As long as your life is always about getting instead of giving, you will never live more than what I call a common life. These are the things that I'm all about. Transformation, love, calling, joy, generosity. Those are the five things that I took out of the words that we find in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And these are the words of Jesus. But here's the problem. Try to take those five things and squeeze them in a jar that's already full of stuff. Try to take those five things and and squeeze them into a jar that's already full of stuff. See, you can't get them in there. You might get one, you might get two. But when I have filled my life up and my day up with all of the other things that I have to do, there's no way that I'm going to get all five of those things in there and allow those things to live in there when I have pursued the other stuff first instead of the five things that are the greater things or the more important things. And I'm just going to tell you. This is not a small problem. Because I would say that the primary problem or concern for me and for the church is the way that we live our life. We live a fast-paced life. That's my concern. That's my concern for you. You're always going. You're always doing. You're always having to be somewhere, you know, here, there, and everywhere. It's, it's me. It's you. It's all of us. That, that's the number one problem that I think we face individually and we face as a church. See, I don't think, here's the thing I don't think you're going to do. I don't think one day I'm going to look back at the week and see you out there defiantly shaking your face, fist in the face of God. I don't think you're going to do that. I don't believe anybody here will hardly do that. But what I do believe will happen is that the world in which you and I are living is going to shape you into its mold. And get you to live the way the world wants you to live. And you say, Randy, when you talk about the mold of the world, what what mold are you talking about? The mold of the world, the culture that we live in, wants to mold you so that you're constantly staying busy. Busy, 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 busy. That's the danger. That's the mold of the world. To get you to live a busy, busy, busy life. And the danger is that we would lead respectable, decent, non-scandalous, busy, tired, human-powered lives. And it just kind of happens to us. Non-scandalous. It's respectable. 
but we get busy and we get tired and we try to do it in our own human power. And people respond to this in a couple of different ways. But do you, do you know how I respond to it? I, I, I say to myself that I, I know what the important things are. I, I, I have the jar here with the, with the important things. Transformation, love, calling, joy, generosity. I want transformation. I want to pursue God intentionally. I want to be loving to the people that God has placed around me. I want to make a difference with my calling. I, I want to live a joy-filled life. I want to be generous. And you know what? Here's, the, here's, here's kind of the way I respond when the world is trying to mold me into its busy, 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 hectic pace. You know what I say? I know these things are important, but you know what I say to myself? I say, I'll get to those things when I have time. Come on now. I'll get to those things when I have time. I know they're important, but I'll get to them when I have time. But right now, I just can't. I can't get to those five things because, you know what, I have all of these crazy things going on. But one day, when I have time, when it's not such a busy season, I'm going to align my life with those five priorities. Transformation, love, calling, joy, generosity. When I have time. But here's the problem. God has already decreed what time looks like. God has already decreed that there are 24 hours in a day. That's not likely to change. Your day is just like my day. You know what it comes in? It comes in a 24-hour size. You can't pull up to God's, you know, Drive through and say, hey, can I get a supersize on that? You can't get that. It's 24 hours. So Crossroads, listen to me. If you wait for fewer demands, if you wait for less trouble, can I just tell you something? You can forget it. I mean, think about it. Most of you have already, while you're seated, seated here or before you came in here, you've looked at the weather forecast. But do you realize that Jesus already gives us the day's forecast? Jesus himself gives us a little forecast in Scripture. It's not on the screen, but when he says, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's another day. Because Jesus said tomorrow will have trouble of its own. Don't worry about it. So you know what the seven-day forecast is? Trouble. It's trouble. And the reality is that Jesus was really honest about this. He was quite frank about this. Because not only did Jesus speak about it, Jesus actually experienced this in his own life. See, Jesus was not somebody who just kind of floated through life because he was God with no demands and no challenges and no trouble. He experienced this. But it's so funny to me that we go through life with these ideas and these intentions saying, you know what, I'll get my life in order, I'll get my priorities in order, 
when, when, when this happens or when that happens. In other words, I'll make these five things a priority when I have time. Now, I don't know why I'm being drawn to this. But I want to share a verse with you that kind of encapsulates the importance of what we're talking about today. Today's kind of the introduction to the next five weeks, maybe. And this verse, or these verses that we're going to look at in just a moment, kind of connect to the very first message, if you were here on January the 7th or the 8th, whichever that was. Very similar to that message that we looked at on that day. Here's what it said, Psalm 39. Lord, remind me. Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. See, one of the biggest contributing factors to both of us and those people watching online, the thing that causes us to kind of buy into the idea of living the common life is that we think we're going to live forever. You think you're going to live forever on this earth. You know how I know that? Because that's the way I see you live. It's the same way that I live. The biggest contributing factor to the common life is just me and you thinking that, you know what, we're just going to live forever. But what would happen if we actually started living our lives as we realized that our time is limited? We only have so much time. What would happen if you and I were to understand and really put that to test that I realize I don't have many days left. My time is limited. See, I get to spend a lot of time with people who are dying. I've been in the room with people. I was in the room with my dad as he took his last something I never thought I would want to do but can I just tell you this morning something that I would not take a million dollars for and I get to hear the conversations that that people who have a, a couple of days or a couple of weeks and I get to hear the things that they're they're talking about and you know the things that they're talking about they're not talking about well I wish my 401k was bigger they're not saying I wish I had a bigger house or I wish we had five cars instead of four cars that's not what I hear people who are dying saying. They don't say that. But the conversations that I have with people who are on their deathbed, they usually center around these five things. I wish I would have taken more time to be a better man of God. I wish I would have invested in being a better woman of God. 
I wish I'd worked harder on, on being the person that I know that God designed me to be. I wish I'd spent more time loving the people who love me. I wish I'd taken the time to, to really discover my calling. I wish I could have seen that every day that God gave me was a gift and I could have had joy in it. I wish I could have spent more time giving instead of taking. But see, you're just like me. You know what you're doing? You're doing the same thing I'm doing. And that's you and I are wishing our life away. And you know what we say? I don't, I don't know what your blank is, but look at this statement I'm going to put up on the screen. One day, when life is, then I'll do something. One day when, one day when, one day when we get married, I'll be happy. One day when we get a bigger house, I'll, I'll host a community group. One day when we, we have enough money and we pay off the mortgage and the, the kids are out of college, that's when we'll start giving to the church. One day when our kids are grown, that's when we're going to start investing in our marriage. One day when. Can I just lay something down that you need to pick up? Your when needs to become your now. Your when needs to become your now. Because listen to me, time is ticking. It's flying by. So what if, based on the words of Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, what if this year we were to do a radical thing? What if you were to say, I'm going to take every day and treat it like an empty jar? And I'm going to begin my day by honoring my deepest commitments. I'm going to begin the day by, by honoring my deepest commitments. And see, I don't know what that would look like for you. But I do know that we're going to talk about that in the next several weeks. But what if we all were to say, I'm just going to believe. that what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 is true I'm going to start my day by honoring what matters most and then I'm going to see if what Jesus said was true that if I seek the most important things if I seek the greater things words of Jesus
I missed that up, okay? But everything else will be added to you. And now some of you look at that and you say, you know what? It's just too late. My life is all jacked up, Randy. It's all messed up. And that's one of the things I love about the start of a new year. It's February. We're just two months in. It, it, it's, it's like it's a new beginning. And not only is it a new beginning, we worship a God who loves new beginnings. He's into those new beginnings. See, may, maybe you feel like you've messed up a lot of jars like I just did. <laughs> Maybe you've left messed up a lot of your days, a lot of your years. But remember what it says in Lamentations 3, verse 23. It says His mercies are new every morning. You know what that means? Doesn't matter what you did last night. Doesn't matter what you did last week, last month last year, last decade, or 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. It's this day. And nobody knows how many days you're going to get. See, I don't know how you're filling up your jars. I don't know at all. But I hope you fill them up well. I hope you fill them up wisely. Because it matters. And it matters because there's a lot at stake. Would you bow your heads this morning and pray with me? God, we're so thankful that your word is true. That if we pursue the things that matter most, the things that are important to you that all the other things that we want will be added to us transformation love, calling, joy generosity if we make those a priority everything in life will fall in line and we can be the people that you called us to be doing the things that you have called us to do it's about priority. It's about the things that are important to you. God, would you give us the strength, the direction, the insight to follow you in the things that are important, believing that we can hold on to that phrase that we see in Matthew 6, that when we do that, everything else will be added to us. God, help us. Strengthen us. Direct us. As we follow you. Pursuing those things that are great. As we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.
and encourage you as you leave today. Leave that tear off. It has your personal information, your prayer request information on the back of that. If you're giving today, that's cash or check. You'll drop that in the offering bucket. You can drop the tear off in the offering bucket as well. If mailing your tithes and offering is better for you, you see the address on the screen behind me. You can also set it up with a bank card at crossroadslebanon.com forward slash give. There are also two giving kiosks in the lobby, one at the west entrance, that's our children's entrance, where you can use your bank card there. I also want to encourage you to join me here this Wednesday, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. for our call to prayer. It's just a time where we get together and pray for our country, our community, our leaders, our church, and our families. Also, if not, I'll see you here next Sunday morning. Remember, Smash is next Sunday afternoon, 4.30 to 6 p.m. The information will be on social media this week. Have a great week, and we'll see you back Wednesday, or we'll see you Sunday.